the five love languages and how to make them work for you. Episode 134. Welcome to the Awaken You podcast, where we break down relationship barriers by awakening your true you. I'm Coach Christine, and the two of us will be doing this work together because this process isn't about changing your partner. It's about discovering who you are so you can awaken you in your marriage. Well, Welcome to September Awaken You and Your Marriage listeners. Wow. (laughs) We are on the last month of the third quarter of 2023. How are your goals, your visions, and your words of the year intertwining with your life? I have not yet done this because I'm recording this before the holiday weekend, But I am looking forward to a long, relaxing weekend where I can, one, kind of take a look at the first two months of this third quarter and uh, just celebrate my wins. And I will tell you that for sure, my knee, for those of you who have been asking for an update, it is feeling so much better. No, not 100%, but it feels so much more stable. I am able to push it harder in my physical therapy without lots of swelling and inflammation afterwards. So that is all good. And with that, I want to say that I am seeing so many pieces of the puzzle in my life starting to come together during this year of injury recovery of more stillness and watching the growth happen exponentially while doing less. It is a radical state that is totally upending my previous belief system around needing to strive and be warned to a frazzle in order to get to my fulfillment of my dreams, while at the same time, it has also been challenging my waves of old limiting beliefs around rest and, oh, the L word, laziness. (laughs) I am so grateful for this injury and its long recovery journey because that is what it has taken to force me to slow down and begin to embody the magic behind rest and allowing God to work through me. I share my journey because I know that at least one of you who is listening is tired of the struggle and wondering if there's a different way. And there is. But that different way is a healing process that requires, it requires you to take the time to pause, look within, unravel the obstacles that life has placed between you and the life you're moving towards. This work is a slow untangling that does not happen overnight. It happens over time. 
It happens over the time of commitment to seeking something better and believing that there is something better, that it is within your ability to create. And interestingly enough, today's topic is an example of growth in my own journey because I remember when a couple's therapist suggested that my husband and I read the five love languages together. Oh, the time that has passed since then. I do remember feeling some excitement about, oh, yes, she is telling us to read this together. We're going to read this book together and learn something about each other. Now, this was back when, oh, gosh, I don't think I could even, if I could see a recording of those sessions, I don't think I would enjoy watching it. I mean, we were, um, we were deeply entangled and, uh, it was just, I, I wish I could ask that therapist what she thought about our marriage back then, but I really had this vision with this instruction that he would be all in on reading this together and helping, like I said, helping us to get to know each other, helping us connect and start falling back in love. And that didn't happen. (laughs) Jeff refused to read the book. I bought him a copy. I bought a copy for both of us. It's those copies are long gone. I have a new copy that I bought much later, or I don't know, much later, but when I started doing this work on my own, I bought that book again. Jeff just wasn't into participating in any way. He was very resistant. And through the lens of us reading it together, and carving out time to do something together, my heart felt so helpful. I, My top love language, you'll find out, is quality time. And so I just was so excited. But through that lens of him, you know, me looking through the lens of him not being interested at all, and then seeing it as me again doing something for him to feel loved with no reward for myself only made me feel more resentful and hurt. Now, zoom forward, fast forward eight some years, I think it's been longer since that time when we were working with that therapist, I now have a whole different perspective about the love languages that helps me understand myself better without a need to demand actions from Jeff that make me feel loved, as well as I now better understand Jeff and ways that I can show love and affection more effectively. Do we both exchange love through each other's love language easily or in a consistent manner? Not at all, but we are learning through genuine desire to create a more loving, caring, and connected relationship with each other. And that feels good to us. So I will say that we have discussed the love languages through a roundabout way through a different program that we worked through together. And so he has learned a bit about the love languages. And now I see them so much 
differently than I did back then. Back then, I think he was probably thinking that this was going to be a book that told him all the ways that he's doing it wrong. And I have learned this about my husband. That is commonly his protective mechanism. It's something that he derived from his family of origin. That's why he was resistant to it. And I will say that when I first read it, I also had a bit of that perception that, okay, so now these are the things that I need to do for him so that he feels loved, even though it doesn't give me any love, right? Do you hear the uh, mm, error (laughs) in that thought? Because we want to do these actions from a place of love because we love our partner, not because so much it's our love language, all right? Love languages can be used against our spouse when we have these expectations about them fulfilling our love needs versus using it in a way to get to know, love, and better understand each other. I like to think about it as each of us speaking different languages, right? Like him speaking Greek and me not knowing any Greek and me speaking, I don't know, German. Well, should we say Italian? (laughs) And him not knowing a word in Italian. It's like we're speaking in our own languages and we're not understanding anything. But with time and deliberate intention and desire to understand the other person's love language, we practice and we slowly learn the language well enough to communicate in a way That feels like love instead of need and expectations and you must do these things, right? So what I want to do today is first explain this concept of understanding and utilizing the love languages. And I'm going to touch lightly on each language, sharing what each one means and some examples. I will also share a link in the show notes so that you can Go purchase the book yourself and read it if you so choose, and a link to go take the love languages test, which doesn't take very long, and you can discover just by taking the test what your love language might be. And then I will share a process for you to start seeing what your spouse's languages might be and the perspective you'll want to embody to use them effectively in a way that feels good to you instead of another thing you need to do to make them feel better and leaving you empty. So let's first lightly touch on each love language. The originator or, yeah, the originator of the five love languages, the writer of the book, Gary Chapman, came up with five love languages and they are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. And so let me just lightly touch on each one so that you understand. I I think they're pretty self-explanatory, but let's talk about each one. So words of affirmation is expressing love through kind words that lift your spouse up and make them feel appreciated. 
I have found that for some, expressing words of affirmation for their partner is really difficult. I believe that this mostly occurs when one that doesn't feel lifted up themselves, right? That work that we do in Awaking You, doing the work of lifting yourself up on your own, believing that you are enough, believing that you are completely valuable and worthy. And when you know that, you can lift up everybody else and not feel like it's pushing you down. You get to lift everybody up together. We're all lifting each other up. But when you feel less than and undervalued with this love language, the more connected and uplifting you are with yourself, the easier it is going to be to lift up others without feeling less than, without it feeling icky inside and restrictive, constraining. There's no need for extravagances. If this is your partner's love language, just simple daily compliments that let your partner know that you see them, that you know that they're there, that their presence is worthy to you and that you value them. It's all it takes. Like, you look really nice today. I love you. You always make me feel taken care of. Thank you so much. And also recognize that with a partner whose love language is words of affirmation, when you speak words that tear down or insult or offend them, it may take longer to heal than a partner who has a different love language, whose love language isn't words of affirmation. The next love language that I want to talk about is quality time. This one is all about that undivided attention. No screens, no looking away, no tending to other things while you're together. And this isn't 100% of the time, right? Like, So it is my top love language. And that doesn't mean I want Jeff's undivided attention all of the time. I would go bananas, right? But when I want it, I want it. <laughs> Right? And and I can just state it, honey, right now, I'd really love for you to set your phone down and concentrate on me. If this is your spouse's love language, then they want you to look at them, for you to be the center of their attention in that moment, right? This language doesn't mean that you can't do something while you're together either right? So you could watch a show together, or you could look through a book or a photo album together or read a book. It simply means that your attention is right where you are. Now, if your spouse's love language is quality time, then this means reliability is key. And I will tell you that this has been an eye opener (laughs) for me to realize that this is my love language and it is not Jeff's at all. I believe it's like his last one. And so when I take him not being present or canceling our plans and going to work or showing up late or not showing, I can let it go a little bit, right? I can understand that this is just really important to me and it's not to him and I don't need to make it mean that he doesn't love me. It still hurts 
So know that if your partner's love language is quality time, every time you're not present, every time you cancel, no show, or show up late without any advance notice, and that is key. Like if you can say ahead of time, hey, honey, I know we have plans to do something together Friday night. And this opportunity has come up for me at work. Can we reschedule it for blank Saturday night, Saturday morning, whatever? That, oh, is key. That makes me feel cherished. That makes me feel noticed and taken care of. And you deprioritize the event that was scheduled with your partner by rescheduling it and maybe even doing it without telling them, you're potentially hurting your spouse and telling them that other things are just more important than they are. The third love language I want to share is receiving gifts. And I do believe this love language can be greatly misunderstood. I do love receiving gifts when I know they come from the heart. And gifts, if you watch my Instagram, I shared a story. No, not a story. I shared a reel about my husband bringing home a chocolate bar. Go watch it. It felt like he loved me. Even though I am not eating chocolate. I Well, I am eating chocolate, but not very much of it because it doesn't like me. It doesn't need to mean spending a lot of money in materialism. Things. A gift can be something that lets your spouse know that you're thinking of them. Maybe your spouse has just wrapped up a big project and you pick up a celebratory gift on the way home to show that you care. Or maybe they're sad about something in their life and you gift them with a journal because you know they love to process through writing or simply writing a note of appreciation and sticking it on their bathroom mirror, letting them know you see them and you care. That is a gift. The fourth love language is acts of service. And this love language shows you care through specific actions you take to help them out and show you understand their needs. These actions require time. They require effort and deliberate intention, like making that stop on the way home so your spouse can take that to-do off their list or planning a night out when your spouse has been doing the heavy lifting with date night or scanning the home and seeing something that your spouse might consider needing to take care of and just doing it for them, like taking it out of their brain space. Remember though, that these actions, they need to be taken with genuine positivity, right? So no ulterior motives, no, you know, like, hey, I did the dishes, so now I get to watch the game all night in peace and by myself. Or no, you know, like I vacuumed, and so like that means it's, you know, you need to give me some sex tonight. <laughs> That's going to probably get you the opposite of what you want, even though you helped out. You want to have your spouse's ultimate happiness in mind. That is the point. When these actions are taken with the need to be recognized when you need them to say, oh, thank you, honey, for vacuuming, or oh, thank you, honey, for doing the dishes. Or if they're taken as 
obligational, oh, I need to do this, or with an attitude, like, I'll vacuum, <laughs> the gesture is lost and can actually be more harmful than helpful. And then the last love language is physical touch. I do believe that many confuse this love language with sex. And though sex can be a part of this person's love language, physical touch is more about intimacy, physical touch, hugging, kissing, being seen physically. So physical touch can be being seen with your eyes instead of being ignored, right? It means that nothing is more impactful for this love language than the physical touch of their partner and all of the gifts, acts of service and words of affirmation will not replace their need for physical closeness. So let's talk about how you discover what your love language is and what your partner's love language is. And the very first thing is to create some self-awareness. That process that we do in the very beginning of my coaching program together is getting to know yourself. You, of course, can read the Five Love Languages book, get an intellectual knowledge of what love languages are, but the real goodness of utilizing the information is knowing yourself. This is part of that process I guide my clients through, helping them really understand who they are and what is under their needs for love. I've shared that my top love language is quality time. And I do know that as I have developed a better knowing and understanding of myself, I understand that this top language may change and I have a better understanding, like I said earlier, of why I act the way I do. And when I don't feel like I'm getting quality time with my partner, I can plan it and I can just say, hey, we need this. I need this. You need to come along with me, right? And I, like I said earlier, I don't need lots of time, just quality time. And if I don't get that, if Jeff is distracted and not present during our time together, I never make it mean that I'm not worth being present for. I can simply let him be distracted or convey that in that moment, I would really love if he turned his eyes and attention towards me. So then, of course, there is reading the book and taking the quiz, which I shared that I will put in the show notes so that you can go take that. The quiz is free, so go take it, see what it says. And then the third thing is the possibility of discussing the results with your spouse. And this is not necessary. You can do this all on your own. You get to decide whether you start carrying this out on your own or if you want to chat about it with your partner, it doesn't matter. But only share if you know that you're not sharing with the expectation, <laughs> like I did, learn from my mistakes, that they will get it and will start speaking in your language. Because, like I said, I am still not great at sharing Jeff's top love language, which is physical touch. I love physical touch too. But in small amounts, and I'm not talking about sex here, but like 
holding hands, I can only do that for so long when I'm walking. I just need to feel free, I guess. I don't know. So share it in a conversation. Uh, You can certainly share it as a conversation starter, which I highly recommend. Or you can simply keep it to yourself and just be observant. Quite likely, your partner's love language is the one you see them doing for you. You just need to pay attention and notice what they seem to do for you. If they're always bringing home gifts, that is probably them taking action on their love language, right? They know that for them, that means love. And so that's how they give it as well, even if it's not your top love language. And then just take time to appreciate that this is their way of showing love. So they are showing you love, even if it's not your way of receiving it, you can still receive it as love. And then try sharing that with them. So like if they're constantly buying you things and you're like, enough already, try getting them something. Let's look at acts of service, right? So let's say they love filling your car up with gas and getting it cleaned. Appreciate them for that, right? Just say something like, hey, I want you to know that I do see that you take care of my car, that you take care of me by keeping my gas tank full and my car clean. I never have to think about, oh my gosh, do I have enough gas? I appreciate that so much. Thank you. I love how you show me love. So you can just do that and eventually you can maybe share what your love language is and then look at some of the things that you do for them. Maybe you do their laundry and they never say anything about it. It really seems as though they expect you to, right? Maybe that's what you're thinking and maybe they do, but it's always a choice. So if your top, one of your top love languages is acts of service, and you love doing laundry, you love doing it for them, it is your way of expressing love, yet they don't ever say anything about it, you want to remember that you're making a choice to do their laundry and that you love doing that. So keep loving it. And you can look at it as speaking their love language and helping you to change your mind about the task you choose to fulfill, right? And you can always stop doing it. If, it. if it's making you angry, you can just let it go. It is possible that you may even notice that they do show you appreciation. Once you start paying attention, maybe you just haven't been open to it because of a possible resentful attitude. I don't know. See what you come up with. So how do you make love languages work for your marriage? Let's look at three different ways. First, I'm going to call it cross-loving. It is understanding and speaking your partner's love language. And then really looking at what I've been talking about, why it can be difficult if their language isn't the same as yours. Wouldn't it be nice if we just married the person who spoke the same language as us? It would be so much easier, right? I sort of wonder, I wonder if there still would be lots of miscommunication because possibly you like your acts of service 
different than filling up the gas tank and keeping your car clean. I don't know. This goes back to the language you speak. If your love language is receiving gifts and you're really good at gift giving, it's because it's a language you understand so well. And if your spouse's least important love language is receiving gifts, they are most likely clueless about the fact that this actually lights you up. They're probably just thinking it's something you're good at or they're thinking that you just like to shop. I don't know. You will have to have an open, honest adult conversation about what it is that you love and help them understand while remembering that two well-differentiated people will be okay if their spouse doesn't choose to speak their language. And the same goes in reverse. If your partner's top love language is physical touch and it's lower on your list, you may notice that you maybe push away their attempts to get close to you and that it's difficult. Or should I say it's just not automatic that you share physical touch as a way of sharing love right? It's something you actually have to think about doing. And then secondly, how do you incorporate love languages into your daily life? Just like if you were learning a new language, you'd want to practice every day. Like you'd want to be deliberate about it. So if their top language is physical touch, then touch them every day. When they come home, give them a hug. Before they leave, a kiss, a hand on the shoulder when you pass by them, holding hands, even if it's for a short time, on your walk. And you can even explain, hey, honey, it's not that I don't love you, that I want to stop holding hands. I just like to walk with my hands free. I've done that. Like, this isn't about you. It's about me. And the third thing is understanding that love languages may change over time. So you can keep revisiting them. There are times in certain situations where I feel like all of them are pertinent, but you're going to, as you create awareness and pay attention, you're going to notice that one in particular is really strong. It's possible that at one point in your life, for whatever reason, you resonated with a certain language because they kept you more distant right? So maybe acts of service seemed easy, right? It seems easier to do acts of service than physical touch. It's more vulnerable to touch somebody. And then as you open up to feeling more safe with your partner, all the work we do here in Awaken You, your language may change a bit. So one thing that I want you all to consider as you listen and learn more about the love languages, is that this is one concept around expressing and receiving love from your partner. And that there isn't just one system. They all work together, while some may resonate more at different stages in your relationship. Play around with it and just see what you discover. See what you learn. So that's what I have for you this week. I shared all of the five love languages along with a brief description, some examples. I shared resources for you to discover what your love language is. 
as well as your partner. I mean, that could be a fun date night activity. You both pull up your screen (laughs) only for this, take the test, and then share the results and talk about it a little bit. Maybe you even listen to the podcast together. And then I also shared some ways for you to start using them in your marriage right now, right after this podcast to connect in ways that better resonate with your partner and speak to them in a way that makes you feel loved and appreciated. So will you explore the love languages, even if it's to better understand what's important for you to feel loved and to provide that for yourself? This is key, my friends. This is what we do in Awaken You. Again, I'll share an example of my top love language, which we all know at this point is quality time, and looking at if I am providing that to myself, or if I'm solely looking for Jeff to provide that for me, right? I know for myself that when I started to open up to giving myself space to accept even just small blocks of quality time for myself, I was better able to appreciate time spent with Jeff because I started to understand my needs better and provide them to myself. If right now, as you listen to what I have presented, you feel angry or annoyed because your spouse doesn't provide you with the love you need, then I want you to consider looking inward and discovering how you could start providing this love to yourself. Then I'd love for you to consider what their love language may be and how they may be speaking love to you, but it's getting lost because there isn't any translation available to you, right? You're not speaking their language. They're not speaking your language. My Abundant Love mini course is designed exactly for this purpose to help you see things differently in your marriage, to help you see that it is possible that they are actually speaking love to you. If you go download that course, the link is in the show notes, and you do that course and you're struggling with seeing things differently, then I'd love for you to consider booking a Courageous Love Conversation so that we can work through it together and I can help you move through what is blocking you and help you start seeing your marriage and your spouse in a different light. I'd love to hear what you learned by taking the love language quiz and how you're applying it in your life, whether to yourself or with your spouse or both. Send me an email, share, Tag me on Instagram. My email is christine at christinebongiovanni.com. My Instagram is christine.bongiovanni. Tag me, share what you're doing to celebrate your love languages. I love you all. Ciao. Thank you for listening to the Awaken You podcast. If you enjoyed listening, then you have to go check out Awaken You, my one-on-one coaching program where we take all of this material and we apply it to your life, we study it, and we take it to your next level so that you can awaken you in your marriage. For any questions, comments, or coaching issues you'd like to hear on the podcast, please visit me on my website and together let's awaken you.